Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. Well, good morning again to all you guys. And it's uh, really great to know that a bunch of you are out there worshiping with us here today. Troubles, hardship, difficulties in life. Troubles come and go in our lives. It's a normal part of life, isn't it? But sometimes it seems like those troubles come and they don't go. They hang around. They, 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 they come in and make themselves at home in the living room of your life. And they sit there and they stay there and, and they slowly but surely make a bigger and bigger mess. And it's easy if we aren't careful when that happens to lose heart. To lose heart. And I envision this idea of when you know it's getting bad, it's you're out and about on a rainy day in your car and, you know, and it's raining and you don't have an umbrella. That's cool. We got a hat, whatever. And, you, you know, you get out of your car and you run into where you're going and then you get back out and run into the car and you get a little wet and, yeah, you shake it off. But what I envision is that you get home and you um, jump out of the car to run to the house, lock the, you know, or, well, Somehow or other, you lock the car door and you run to the house to get in and you realize the door of the house is locked and you just locked your keys in the car. And it is pouring. And you are just getting more and more drenched. And sometimes life feels like that. Sometimes problems just come and hang around and don't go away. And how we respond to those things, what we believe at those times and how we respond to those things is going to make a huge difference. Because if we lose heart, we are in big trouble. I think you probably know what I mean when I talk about losing heart. It's, it's, it's getting this sense of, oh man, I can't fix this problem. This, I can't solve this. It's, it's, I be, so you become discouraged and disappointed and, and to the point where you start to say, what difference does it make what I do about this? And sometimes that's just in one area of our life and the rest of our life seems to go on. But there's a danger, even if it's in just one area of life, that then it becomes two areas of life. And eventually we lose heart all the way around. And when people lose heart, this is a, a, a bad deal because this idea of heart and hope are all tied up together. And um, sometimes people handle this in different ways. As you, you know, you, you feel like you're losing heart and, and sometimes maybe life gets so hard and bad that it shakes you to the point where you do something, right? You, you say, I can't live this way and you do something. You know, you go get some help or whatever. Uh, but sometimes people just choose to live with it. And people live lives of quiet desperation. And they're, engaged, they're, doing, they're going through life, doing what they do, but inside they've lost heart. And then sadly, there are people who lose heart who eventually take their own lives because what's the point? This is too hard. This hurts too much. And what a, what a terrible thing it is when somebody reaches that place in their lives. 
And so today I want to talk to you about this idea of losing heart, that you tell you how not to lose heart. Don't lose heart. Now, so here, here we go, right? So this is what happens. So I've talked about the problem, and I think we all probably can relate to this problem, in, either in our own lives or somebody who's close to us, somebody we care about. We see people lose heart. Sometimes we lose heart. And so preacher gets up and stands up and says, okay, don't lose heart. Now you're all set, right? Let's go have coffee. <laughs> no, just telling you that doesn't solve it. But today we're going to see and talk about uh, two things from the Word of God. The Word of God speaks to these issues, and, and there are other things you can learn that would help you with this, but two things that we're going to see in the Word today, and one is that there's a reason for you not to lose heart. And when we've lost heart, sometimes we forget that. Okay? And then the other is that there's a way not to lose heart. And we'll look at those things today. Now, believe it or not, the Apostle Paul knew something about losing heart. Um, we see in the, the, the first chapter of his second letter to the Corinthians, he talks about actually getting to the point in his life where he kind of said, what's the point in continuing to live? We despaired even of life, he says. Hardness, difficulties. He talks uh, in places about all the things that he went through, the hardships. But one of the things I think that, that would be most challenging, and it's the context of the verses we're going to look at today, is that what the Apostle Paul discovered is that he would, you know, he devoting his life to helping people understand the truth about God and their relationship with Christ and, and what God wanted to do in and through their lives. And man, he devoted his whole life to this, everything. Uh, and that's why all the difficulties he went through. But what he found out is that there were people who were coming along behind him and saying that Paul is not sincere. Paul's doing his own thing. In fact, you know his name really isn't Paul. It's really Saul. You can't trust him. He's got his own thing going on here. And you, th you think what he's preaching is the gospel, but he has another message that he's really preaching. And how discouraging would that be? And so place after place, Paul finds himself having to address this issue because it's brought up to him. He, it, it, year after year, he has to address this issue. And, and don't you think that you'd finally reach a point, you know, look, I have given my life for this. Blood, sweat, tears, agony, and all I get is, ah, we don't really know if you're telling us the truth. We don't really trust you. Wouldn't it be easy to say, all right, I'm checking out here. Forget it. And that's the context of the passage that we want to look at today. So let's take our Bibles and go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And again, so we all face difficulties in life. That's going to be a part of it. Sometimes they stick around longer uh, than we expected, certainly longer than we want them to. But it is possible not to lose heart in the face of it. Doesn't mean it's going to always be easy but it is possible. And so let's talk about that today. Here in his letter, we're going to be in chapter 4, but uh, the, in chapter 2, he talks about, you know, Christ and, and this, this amazing thing that God is doing through them. And in verse th uh, chapter 3, he has to address this issue. He has to talk about, do we need to commend ourselves to you again? Do I got to go over this again? Do I got to explain this to you again? 
and, and talking about you've seen God work. You know, you don't need to question. And then he goes on and he talks about his, this glorious ministry of helping people to know who God is and what he's really like and how in Jesus Christ we can experience this amazing life of God and see life so differently. And then in chapter four, he comes back. Now he comes to this, this point, verse one. He says, therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, and there it is, we do not lose heart. And we're going to come back to that and talk about that. But let's continue reading. What we're going to see is that God is doing something through our lives. Paul's going to talk about what God is doing in and through his life and those who are ministering with him. And we can apply this to ourselves, what God is doing in our lives. So let me read again. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. We have a ministry. God has given us something to do. He says, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. See, those are the things he was being accused of, right? Here he is, he has to address them again. One more time. He said, that's not what we're about, but the last half of the verse, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Here we are before God, honest and open, honest and open with you telling you the truth. And then verse three, but even if our gospel is veiled, all right, so that's what he had been accused of. Oh, he's got a secret gospel that he preaches and you don't find that out until later. And he says, well, even if our gospel is veiled, here's the truth about it. It is veiled to those who are perishing. It's those who need it most. And, and boy, I can't help but think, can't help but think that the apostle Paul has to feel this, that it's like, why can't we focus on what really matters here? <laughs> Instead, i got to spend all this time and energy trying to correct this, you know, what has, you've arrived at your conclusions about me, and i got to keep correcting that. And don't you understand that the lost don't know the gospel because of this? <laughs> Boy, is that a message for Christians in our day and age and culture? What can we get all worked up about in church? Lots of things, and, and understandably, sometimes they're important things, sometimes they matter, but the idea is we can get so caught up in our thing and our disagreements and our trying to make everything be the way we think it ought to be, we want it to be, that we don't reach the lost. How much time and energy should we spend on those things? You know, if we would take over the years, and, and we have a great church, we have a great church family, I mean that, I really do mean that, and I believe it. It's been such a blessing to be a part of it. But nonetheless, if we could over the years go back and look at the things that we got all worked up about in church and have channeled that energy instead to trying to reach people for Christ, wow, what a difference that could make, right? And so I'm not talking about not taking care of business, we need to. But so here is, is, is Paul saying the lost are lost. And if they aren't hearing the gospel, they're the ones who are losing out. And we need to be getting that gospel out to them. And he continues, he talks about their spiritual condition. He says, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, 
who is the image of God, should shine on them. See, they're, they're in a world of hurt. We've got to get the gospel to them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. So see, Paul is still dealing with that issue. We're not, this is not about us. We're not promoting ourselves here. No, we're promoting Christ. We're preaching Christ, and we're serving you. And then he talks about what's at the core of all this, verse 6. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And he says, because the reality is this, that when, when I came to Christ on April 4th, 1975, this God who in the beginning of creation said, let there be light, that moment when I humbled myself before him and said, oh God, I need a savior, I believe, and put my faith in Jesus, he shined that his light into me and inside of me and helped me to start to understand who he really is and what it really means and to see him most clearly in, in Jesus. But the idea is that he didn't shine that light into me so I could cover it up and hide it, did he? He shone the light into me so that it could what? Shine out through me. And so see, God is at work in life. So God, Paul says, God has given us a ministry. That's what he said back there in verse one. God has given us a ministry. God has given us something to do. And, and this is what I want you to see here, that uh, this is your reason not to lose heart. Because God has given you a ministry in life. God has given you a ministry in life. Now, when we think ministry, you know, we think of official positions, right? Like Matt over here, God's given Matt a ministry of playing the, the keyboard for us, and we love it, don't we? It's awesome. That's awesome. So sometimes we think of like that. We think of a preacher who's preaching the word or that kind of ministry, and, and it includes that kind of ministry. But it isn't just that kind of ministry. There's a bigger ministry that God has going on in each of us, and that's that God is in me working on Walt. And as God changes Walt to be more like Jesus in some ways, then that can go out from me to other people. And it's the same for you. You know, we talked recently, and I don't remember the exact context in one of these sermons, but the idea is that, that we are each made in the image of God, right? And we know sin's, sin's made a mess of that, but when we come to Christ, once we realize we need a Savior and receive Christ, God comes and begins working on that and begins restoring and working on that. And the idea is this, that God made you uniquely you, and he wants to reveal himself to the world through you in a way that he can only do through you. That's something to think about. So we got Matt and Dave and Mel and, and Mackenzie and another Dave and Stephen and, uh, yeah, who your name is, Rick? <laughs> Joe and all you guys back there. Each one of you, listen, each one of you watching, God has made you in such a way that if you will yield to him and he, you let him work in your life, he's gonna take all of your experiences in life, good and bad, he's gonna take all of your knowledge and hopefully shape it for what's true and right. He's gonna take your natural abilities whatever those are, and then he wants to express himself to the world around you. And if, if I don't do that, 
And this sounds, it's kind of crazy, but if I, and this is a hard one for some of you to believe. I know this. But if I don't do that, the world misses out. There's something about God they don't get to see. And it's the same with you. If you don't take this ministry that God has given you, he says, I've shined my light into you so I can shine my light out through you and so people can see me and know me in you. You have a ministry. And so the idea is if you lose heart and you don't keep after this, the world misses out. Now, and I just know for a fact, because I've had conversations with you, some of you are saying, yeah, right, me, uh-uh, ain't nothing I got to offer. I was thinking about that last night and this morning. So if I could just envision this. Envision that you're standing in front of me, okay? And I'm putting my hands on your shoulders. And I'm doing this. When you say that, I go, listen to me. God wants to show himself to the world through you. And if you don't let him, they don't see it. God has given you a ministry. And, and like I said, and sometimes that ministry then finds expression in, in some formal kind of ministry. That's great. But whether it's in a formal kind of ministry or not, you have a ministry in life that the world can know Jesus through you. And, and so there's lots of things you might think, well, that means I got to go out now and start handing out tracts. And all. No. I mean, maybe. But that's between you and God. But the idea is God... Every day, what do you want me to do? Help me to walk through life with you. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But let me tell you, if you will believe this truth, that God has given you a ministry, if you believe that truth and begin to act on it, from time to time, you will experience something that says, wow, I am doing what God made me to do, and you will know it. How exciting is that? That happens for me once in a while. Now, that, you know what? Most of the time, I don't have that sense. I don't have that feeling, but I don't have to have that feeling because God has already said it's true, hasn't he? There's a big one for you to learn. My feelings don't determine what's true. And I know you said, it's right, Walt. We know your feelings don't determine what's true. Well, your feelings don't determine what's true either. And so the idea is if you will believe this, you will believe that God has a reason for me not to lose heart because he's giving me a ministry. He, through me, a ministry that nobody else can have. Nobody else can be me. And like I said, you've got to believe that God knows what he's doing here. Yes, you, through you. God wants to show himself to the world. And so we look back at this verse here. I want to, I want to show you something here. Verse 1 again. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. As we have received mercy. What's he talking about? I mean, yeah, we all receive mercy. None of us deserve to be saved, but he saved us, right? That's not what he's talking about here. He says this ministry that God has given us is an expression of his mercy to us. Because God did not save us and then say, Okay, I don't need you anymore. You're on your own. Just get out of here. That isn't what he did for us. How bad is it to walk through life having a sense that your life doesn't matter? Doesn't matter if I show up or I don't. Doesn't matter if anybody knows me or not. 
Doesn't matter if I do something. That's a terrible place to be. And he says, God has shown us mercy and that he hasn't done that to us. He's given us something to do. He's given us a real part in his plans and purposes, a plan that's unique to us. And again, if we don't do it, it won't happen for us. And it is a mercy because listen to this. This is a psychology today. Um, they report on research being done, and here's what they, they, how they summarize the study. They say, this study's results indicated that stronger purpose in life was associated with decreased mortality. Purposeful living may have health benefits. Surprise? No. What God does in our lives is always for our well-being, and it's always for our good, and he's given us a ministry, and it is his mercy shown to us. They also, another, say another study found a connection between a sense of purpose and overall quality of life. So you have a reason not to lose heart. Uh, God has something to do in you and through you that will happen no other way except you saying yes to God and going forward with it. And um, those of you who struggle with that and you're so used to saying I'm a mess and God can never use me, what's the point? I'm telling you, don't lose heart, stop it. Stop thinking that way. Believe what God says. Tell yourself what God says and believe that. All right, so let's continue. What we see here is that there's a lot more going on than meets the eye, okay? So Paul talks about this in verse seven. He says, but we have this treasure. What, this treasure? We have the glory of God in us and his working in our lives. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. <laughs> He's talking about this physical life that we live in, in this body and, and all the stuff that goes along with this. So those of you who want to say, well, yeah, that sounds good for other people, but not for me, I want you to know that he put this treasure in an earthen vessel. He put it in you. He put it in you. And earthen vessels communicates that there's problems. There just are. Talking about a clay pot. Clay pots, can they get chipped? Can they get cracked? They can even get broken, right? And you gotta put them back together, whatever. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Why? That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Okay, so here. And this is not our goal. This is not our goal. But the more messed up your life is, the more quickly and easily God can be seen in it. Say, what? <laughs> Well, not by staying messed up, but the point is, if you have weaknesses and problems, where does God show up in your weaknesses and problems? If you're a pretty smart person and you got a lot of savvy in life and experience, you can go through life and, and never consciously trust Jesus. You, you get that? We can live our days and not even think about it. But when you find yourself with struggles and weaknesses, that's when you go, oh God. I need you, and then he can be seen. So we have this treasure in earthen vessels. So he continues, he says, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. 
always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So he's talking about this, this problem in life that we have, all these problems that come to life, the sin that comes into life, the difficulties, the struggles, always working against us. But he says we have that working against us so that Jesus can show out through us. Um, do you know I have an earthen vessel? I have the um, shortcomings, weaknesses, failings, chips and cracks. And sometimes, you know, it's easy to see people like me who are up in front of other people doing things, you know, our, our worship team up in front of everybody. And we've, hey, we've all got our lives together, don't we? Those of us, right, we're, we got to, can't you tell? Look at us. No, see, if you follow me around very long, you're going to say, I, boy, this guy does have an earthen vessel. <laughs> okay? And you'll know that. But understand that God wants to show himself out through this. But here's this description. Hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Perplexed, not in despair. Persecuted, not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. How, how do you, what's going on here? There's something going on more than meets the eye. And, and let me tell you where some of you live. Here's where some of you live. I'm going to rearrange the scripture here for you. If you were writing this, you'd say, we are hard pressed on every side. We are perplexed. We are persecuted. We are struck down and we're always dying. And that's where some of you live. If you don't want to lose heart, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, the way not to lose heart, but to not lose heart, you need to live on the other side of this. And we talk to you and ask you what's going on. You're going to say, we're not crushed. We're not in despair. We're not forsaken. We're not destroyed. And, and Jesus is living his life out through us. You see the difference? And both are true, right? This is happening to us, but this is what's true. This is happening to us, but this is what's true. And so when the troubles of life move into your living room, sit down, make themselves at home, and begin making a mess, yeah, there are problems. Yeah, you've got to deal with them. You know, relational problems, financial problems, health problems, a combination of them, and they just don't go away. Yeah, this is hard, but I'm not crushed. Because Jesus is here. I, I have a ministry and God is working in my life. I, yeah, it's hard. We, and I'm perplexed. I don't know what to do about it. But I'm not despairing because God knows what to do about it. Persecuted. I feel persecuted. But you know what? God has not left me. I am not forsaken. Sometimes I feel like I get knocked down. But when I'm laying on the ground there, I realize I haven't been destroyed. I can get up and go on. You see, it's, it's, it's what we believe about these things. You and I either believe that God is sovereign and his word is true, or we don't. There's no in between. I mean, there might be areas of your life where you really believe that, and other areas where you struggle, but the idea is, is that's the choice we're making here. And so don't choose to be hard-pressed, crushed, perplexed, and persecuted, and struck down. Those are coming to you. <laughs> Don't choose it. Choose the other. So there's more going on here than meets the eye. There's something that we need to see. And so I um, just want to show you some pictures here of uh, photographs. Go to that first one, if you would, Anthony. 
when you do photography, you can you know, use a regular lens and filters, or you can use different filters, you know, or different spectrums you can look at. And what I want you to see is that when you look at something just the way with your eyes, physically with your eyes, that you have a very limited thing that you see, even though it seems like it's great, very limited. Let me show you. This is the uh, constellation Orion. What if we take a picture of the constellation Orion with an infrared lens? Infrared. Take go to the next one there. Well, that's a difference, isn't it? There's a whole lot more going on there than we realize, isn't there? And how do we find out? It's because we look at it through a different lens or a different filter. All right, let's look at the Earth. Two pictures of the Earth. One, the top one is, is the visible light spectrum, and this is when we put the infrared lens on the Earth. Is there a lot more going on than you realize? Yeah, there's a lot, you know, there's things that you don't see. And then let's go and look at the sun. Here are pictures of the sun with all different wavelengths. The one in the box, that's, that's our, our visible spectrum. That's what we see. But when you look at it through all these different wavelengths, look, there's so much more, isn't there? There's so much more going on. And so it is. God has given us a way not to lose heart. And what you need to do is you need to look at your ministry, which is your life, your ministry and your life, through a supernatural lens. Not through just a natural lens, but through a supernatural lens. And when you begin to look life through a supernatural lens, you start to see things you didn't see before. You start to understand things you didn't understand before. And so he tells us how to do this here in verse 16. Let's take a look at it. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart. He says it again, okay? God has given this his ministry. We don't lose heart. And because we see things differently, we don't lose heart. What are we talking about, Paul? Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, that's the problems in life. That's all the difficulties, the hardships. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Yeah, things are hard now, but guess what? Eternity's coming. Verse 18, while we do not look, and we might say focus on, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. All right. So here's how you look at your ministry through this supernatural lens. Verse number 16. Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Learn to focus on the inward more than the outward. Now, do you have to live with the outward? Yeah, you've got to live and deal with the outward. But what you want to do is focus on the inward. And, and let me tell you what this can mean. In the Old Testament, when they had the plans for the tabernacle and then in, eventually into the temple, uh, you know, they had the different areas. You know, anybody could go in here, but eventually there was this holy, holy place, the holiest place of all. And that was behind this curtain that only the high priest went in once a year. Now, what do we know happened when Jesus died? God opened that thing up to all of us. But there's a description in the uh, uh, Old Testament there. And let's, let's go ahead and look at that verse now. It talks about these cherubim and how they were standing. Go ahead and go to that, if you would, Anthony. 
says the wings of these cherubim spanned 20 cubits overall. They stood on their feet and they faced inward. What happens is that there was a place with the Ark of the Covenant where Israel kept some things that were very holy in their memories of how God had worked in their lives. The Ten Commandments, some manna, Aaron's rod, among other things. And so they're in there. But this Ark of the Covenant symbolized the very presence of God. It wasn't the presence, but it symbolized that. And had these angelic beings, these statues of these angelic beings, beings who had their wings out over this long wings, what, 10 cubits is 15 feet? But what direction were they facing? What's it say? Inward. Because what? That's where the presence of God was in this symbol. And so in life, when you focus on the inward, what are you doing? The moment you receive Jesus as Savior, what do we say happens? God himself moves in. God is present within you. And what you need to do is, is, is look inward. That's where God is. Do you know, would you like to be able to make an appointment with God and sit down and have a discussion? Well, I got news for you. You don't have to make an appointment. You just gotta look inward. And I don't mean inward or deep down in your soul. I mean just turn, in, wait, Lord, you're here with me. And, and when you begin to realize that anywhere you go, whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, the Lord is with me. He is present with me. And so I'm going to focus on the inward. And I'm going to let what I, I am doing with God there govern the outward. The things that I do out there and how I respond. Okay, the second thing is this. You need to learn to focus on the spiritual more than the physical. And we live in a physical world. You gotta deal with that, that's not the problem. But the point is the spiritual is what's, what is true that God says is true and endures forever, no matter what the physical realities are. You know, what has God said about that? How, how should I be thinking about this? You know, the Christian view of the world is not a natural view. It just isn't. It's a spiritual view, a spiritually minded view of saying that there's more going on here than meets the eye. And God is at work. First Corinthians uh, chapter 7, verse 31 says, those who use the things of the world should not become attached to them. For this world as we know it will soon what? Pass away. Okay? The physical world is, is you know, going to pass away. It's not... That ridiculous, ugly, stinking problem that settled down in the living room of your life will pass away. Now, you may pass away in the process, but that's okay. That is, it will pass away. And so we need to think of that. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. It's right after Paul finishes talking about this. He says, for we know that when, go ahead, if you would do that, Anthony, for we know that when this earthly tent, talking about our bodies, that we live in is taken down. That's what happens when we die. Our tent is taken down and we move on. That is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. Spiritual truth, see? That tells me what? That the physical things that are happening in this life, this world, are not the ultimate determiners of what I'm going to experience and know. Now, I need to live in them. 
but I need to live in it with a spiritual perspective. First Corinthians six nineteen. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? So this is this inward look, isn't it? And this is the spiritual relationship you have with God. So you've got to live in the, the realm of the physical. But what should govern what? The spiritual realities of your relationship with God and the things that he says to you. That needs to govern how you interact with the physical around you. Okay? And then finally, we need to learn to focus on what's eternal instead of what's temporary. Boy, this is huge. Uh, James chapter four says this, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Um, there's a couple of you, one of you, one of you here today who's older than me. Yeah, you're back there, Joe, I see you. And others of you probably out there, some of you older than me, but how fast is life going now, Joe? Seems like when you're young, like Matt's age, life kind of just it stretches out in front of you. McKenzie, right? But man, isn't it true that it's just going, going? And th but that's a reality. Our life is like a vapor that shows up off the ground a little bit and then just kind of disappears in comparison to eternity. And so when you have to make a decision today, you know, about a problem that's in your life or about the ministry that God has given you, and you're thinking, what do I do, what do I do? You want to think, well, wait a minute. I, I, you know, we tend to think, well, what's going to happen in response, right? What's, how are they going to respond? What's going to happen? And we need to think, wait a minute. How will this, what I'm doing, impact eternity? Because you understand that, that in this life, we sow seeds that will bear fruit in eternity. And how much longer is eternity than this life? Can't even compare it. And Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5. He says, rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward where? In heaven. And so, uh, sometimes people say, well, the Christian life, pie in the sky, yeah, it's all future. So it doesn't matter here now. That's not true because how you live, when, when you live with an eternal perspective, it will affect what you experience in this life. It will. Sometimes it makes it harder. Long run, it makes it better. But what you know beyond a shadow of doubt is that this will make it better forever. Wow. Don't lose heart. You can do something right now that's going to pay eternal dividends. Right? I mean, why do we lose heart over that? Man, I can do, I can, whatever. I need to stop talking. <laughs> so let me encourage you today. You have a reason not to lose heart. God has made you uh, the way you are and, and allowed you to have the experiences you have and all this so that he can shine out through you in a way that he can only shine out through you. That's the reality. And so you have a reason. Don't lose heart because the world needs that. The world around you needs that. And then secondly, uh, he's given us a way to do this. And this is looking at life through a supernatural lens. Letting the inward govern the outward. Letting the spiritual govern the physical. Letting the eternal rule over the temporary in our lives. It's huge. And let me encourage you about this. Uh, you say, yeah, it's still so hard. I get it. 
Can I just everybody hear it? It is so hard. Sometimes it's really hard. But you have reason to do it. And there's a way to do it. And let me remind you this. I want you to know how God feels. God is interested. God cares when you find yourself day after day after day after day after day struggling and hurting. Psalm 56 says this, verse 8. You keep talking to God. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. And so as you go through life, trying to live for the Lord, and hard things come, every tear, whether you actually shed it or not, is precious to God. He cares. And he will plant that tear and produce eternal benefits for you. You have not been abandoned. He has not left you. Second Chronicles 15, 7 says to the King Asa, who was trying to lead his people during a really hard time, says, but you be strong and do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall what? Shall be rewarded. Don't lose heart. Press toward God through it. Depend on God through it. You, God sees it all, and you will be rewarded. It will be worth it. Do not lose heart. And if you need help with that, in fact, you do. Let other people help you with that. And that's how God works in our lives. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for these truths that you have given us a reason not to lose heart, that you do... um, You've given us things to do. You want to express yourself through us to the world. And it's those circumstances we're in that you're using to do it. Help us to remember that, Father. And I know we're going to be able to remember that when we have a supernatural lens that we look through and we focus on the inward and what you're doing in there. And we, we look to you spiritually and we let eternity guide us. Remind of this day in and day out, Lord. Thank you that you haven't abandoned us. But you're much at work in our lives, even in the hardest of times. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, God bless you. Thank you for joining us.